Hello ladies, my name is Anna Grace Wood. Welcome to Feminine Fidelity, where we are striving to recover biblical womanhood. Um, this has been quite the day on trying to record this podcast. I have lost track now of the number of times that I've recorded it, only to lose the audio, it not record properly because someone had turned on Bluetooth, and I don't even know who, um, or how it got turned on, uh, to be interrupted um, by loud noises in the background, or someone coming in, and um, it, it's been something, it's been an adventure, that's for sure. Um, so we're just going to jump right in here. Today we are going to discuss what it means to love your husband biblically. So ladies, do you love your husband? Do you, uh, understand the difference between loving your husband as the world sees it and loving your husband biblically? Because scripture commands women to love our husbands. God is not telling us to have uh, goosebumps when our husband walks in the room. He is telling us to um, seek our husband's good. He is telling us to honor our husband. He is telling us to uh, do good by him. So um, let's expound on this a little bit more. Um, as you know, the world tells us that to love someone means that you get your heart flutters, you get butterflies in your tummy, you get goosebumps, you get ishy-gishy feelings. Um, it becomes about you, how he makes you feel, what he does for you. Does he make you laugh? Does he meet your needs? Oh, well, I must love him because I have feelings because he does these things. And um, that's not real love. Real love is not just based on feelings. Feelings are, are fleeting very often. Now, feelings can definitely represent truth, but they're not necessarily a representation of truth. Your feelings can lie to you. Uh, that's why when you're looking for a husband, you don't look at how cute he is. You don't look at the job he does, um, what title he has. You don't look at um, his bank account. You don't look at how he makes you feel when he walks into a room or how cute your friends think he is. You don't look at how he makes you laugh um, or not. What you look at is what kind of man he is. Is he a man that loves the Lord more than anything? And does he love God more than he loves you? Will he lead you to honor the Lord? Will he guide you when you stumble? Does he know scripture well enough to put you on the right path? Is he willing to be that head that will do that? These are the kinds of things that you need to look at. And we will have um, uh, an episode uh, for this to discuss this more thoroughly. But for right now, we are going to discuss, um, like I said, do you love your husband? If you love your husband biblically, you are going to pray for him. You are going to obey him. You are going to honor him. You're going to follow his headship. 
uh, you're going to uh, submit to him. These are all very important aspects of loving him. Because Jesus told us in scripture, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, Jesus is the head of the church, and his commandments are contained in scripture. When we read the Bible and study it, we know what he has commanded us to do. And if we love him, we will do it. Our husband is the head of our home. He is the head of our family. And he doesn't have to write it down. He just has to lead us. He just has to tell us what what he sees as the uh, purpose and vision for our home. His What is his mission? And what, what can we support in that? Um, we're supposed to obey this. We're supposed to follow it. Nagging him when he does something we don't like isn't loving him. Uh, whining because he needs to move us to Atlanta, but we want to stay right here in Mississippi. Um, that's, not, that's not being a supportive wife. That's not being a loving wife. Or vice versa. If he wants to stay right wherever you are, and you want to move off to the big city somewhere or to another state or to be closer to your sister or something. And he says, no, honey, I think we need to stay right here. And you get moody. You get whiny. You nag at him. You are not loving him biblically. It is his job to figure out where you need to be. It's his job to figure out why. And it's your job to support it. Now, obviously, there are men who will lead you into sin. If you're not paying attention, if you don't know the word, my husband was one of them. And I'm sorry to say that, but, you know, it's true. And and I, I tell the, you guys these things because I want you to know that if it is you, if you're struggling with that, there is someone who loves the Lord with all of her heart, who's walked that road. As hard as it is, I walked it, I survived it by following God and by repenting when I needed to repent. But this is not really the purpose of this particular episode. Yeah, some guys will lead you into sin and your reaction has to be different. But we're not talking about that today. We're discussing men who lead you well, who desire to honor God, or who at least are not leading you into sin. Maybe you married before you became a Christian and you're a Christian and your husband isn't. You still have an obligation to lead, to follow his lead. You still have an obligation to obey him and to submit to him. Um, and whether he wants to move you or not, whether he wants to stay at the job he's got or get a new one or whether he wants to start a business or um, start a new branch of a, of a business he owns. This is all up to him. You can pray with him. You can offer guidance as he needs it or desires it, but you can't tell him what he's got to do. You follow his lead. When we honor our husband by following him, we are loving him biblically. Um, Treat him with respect. You know, let him know that at home he's safe. Ladies, he is out fighting dragons all day long. This world is a horrible place, and it's it's evil. And if he is out in there working 
with people that are not Christians, maybe working with a very difficult boss or difficult co-workers, or maybe his customers can be in his face at times. Um, you need to be aware of just how beat up he may feel at the end of the day and lavish him with love. Um, again, you love him by seeking his good. Now, maybe at the end of the day, he wants his children to catapult into his arms and you to give him a great big hug. And maybe he wants a quieter greeting. It's up to him. Ask him, what kind of greeting would you like when you come home? We're, we're excited to see you. We want to hug and kiss you. But do you need a few minutes to yourself first? Or do you want the lavish greeting and then have a few minutes to yourself? Maybe he needs to go shower. Maybe he wants to get into some comfy clothes. Or maybe he wants to go putter around his garden. Whatever it is he wants to do. Maybe he wants to sit down with a cup of coffee or a cold drink and uh, just kick back for a few minutes and close his eyes and just rest. Or maybe he wants to sit quietly and talk to you about his day, about your day, whatever he wants to do. Ask him what he wants to do and then do it, you know, try to please him. He's been fighting all day for you and for your children, you know. Give him the right to say, this is what I would like when I get home. Um, and so another thing you can do to help him to be, um, at, to be, to feel loved is to do your duties in the home. You know, um, if he's coming in and the house is a mess, the children's diapers are dirty, uh, a pot boiled over, there's a load of dirty dishes, there's dirty clothes on the floor or piles of clean clothes all over the den, that's not a very restful place to come home to. No, you wouldn't want that. I mean, it feels unfinished. It feels chaotic. Now, the thing is, is I understand if, if you've got some kind of health issue that affects your ability to do your chores some days, honey, I'm right there with you. Um, I have a lengthy list of health issues. And when my autoimmune diseases flare up, I, I have zero energy. And some days it's all I can do to keep the dishes going and put food on the table. I understand. I also uh, have weak lungs because I've had pneumonia so many times. And so I get sick really easily. And when I get sick, when I get pneumonia, I don't, I don't feel like doing anything. I'm, I'm sick. You know, I feel terrible. I do what I can, but some days I can't, that means I can't do anything. Um, some days I'm just too sick. And so, you know, if you have children who can kick in, that's great. If you don't, maybe a friend or someone from church can help you, but if they can't, then you and your husband need to talk about this and say, honey, some days I just can't. And y'all work out what will be done on those days. He, this is his chance to love you biblically, to serve you. But, um, you know, we're talking about if you're healthy, if you can do it, you know, if you haven't had children throwing up all day and if you yourself aren't sick or there has not been 10,000 interruptions that's kept you from doing your duties, try to have the house neat. 
or at least as far as possible. Um, house should look lived in. doesn't need to look like a museum. It doesn't need to pass a white glove test. Um, I don't, I'm not comfortable in homes like that. When I go into a home, I've, I've known two ladies who had houses like that. Their houses look like little museums. And uh, even their children were afraid to touch anything. One of them had their children eat in a complete eat at the kitchen in the kitchen, on a table, a little table in there, and not ever with she and her husband at with her and her husband at the dining room table. They weren't allowed there, and uh, she didn't want a speck of dirt in her house. And uh, if her children got dirty outside, she'd hose them down before she'd allow them in. And this was even in winter. So you don't want to be like that. You don't want to have to pass a, a white glove test in your home. You don't want that. You want people to be comfortable. This is a lived-in home that's warm and cozy and welcoming. And uh, it needs to be that way for your husband. Y'all can talk about what it means to, you know, uh, be what, what makes a warm, cozy, welcoming home to him or to you. Um Talk about styles. What would he like? What would you like? Um, all of that can be worked out. I'm not even discussing that right now. Just whatever you've got. Make it as welcoming as possible at the end of the day. And that's what makes a, a welcoming home is you. Your personality. Your love for your home and your husband and your family. That is what makes the home welcoming. No matter how simple the home is. Or even if you have run-down furniture or run-down whatever or not enough of something, if you have the right attitude, it's going to be a welcoming home. Um, yeah, but do, do your duties. Keep it as neat as possible with the understanding that there will be times and days that you can't. Um, but uh, these are things that... Uh, you can do as a woman to make your husband's home, and because it is his home just as much as it's yours and he's the head of it, that you can do to make his home welcoming to him and to make his homecoming pleasant for him at the end of the day. And so to recap, uh, do your duties so the home looks Maybe lived in, but comfortable and kept up. Uh, figure out what he wants at the end of the day. When he comes home, ask him, how can we greet you? What, what can I do in that few minutes after you first get home to make you feel comfortable, welcomed, and to be able to relax? Um, help. Ask him how he wants the evenings to go because he needs to lead worship. He needs to read the Bible and pray with y'all. And he needs to sing with y'all. And that all needs to get done. But, you know, he also has to shepherd, guide, uh, be in charge of other things or oversee things. Um, and certainly, you know, if if you're better at finances or if you're better at something, there's no shame in you doing it instead of him. But he's still the head. Okay, just keep that in mind. I'm not saying there's nothing you can do other than scrub toilets. You have so much to offer to your husband, to your home, to your children. You will utilize, if you are a homemaker and the way you ought to be, you will utilize every single one of your talents and then some. 
and all your creativity. <laughs> and so, you know, whatever you're good at, you ought to be doing. But um, still, he is the head of the home, and so it comes under his oversight. Um, but ask him how he wants to do the evenings. Maybe he wants one day a week or two days a week, uh, or maybe a, a small period each evening where you all discuss problems that might arise with the children. Or, Of course, if there is an emergency that day, then you all discuss it that day. But little things that pop up. Maybe, you know, set aside a time to discuss these things so that he's not being bombarded constantly. And uh, honor him as your head. Follow his vision. These are things you can do to love your husband biblically and to make him feel loved. So um, next time we're going to discuss some practical ways that you can show your, your husband love. And um, I'm going to let you go. Until next time, seek God's glory in everything. Bye-bye, y'all.